so we'll be doing today chapter 45 the greatness of the guru's feet in sai satcharitra but before that we will just take up the question padma has written so when they come down to the material world isn't it material world also in the consciousness how is it different for the sages uh, the sages are <coughs> see the material world there is the separation which we think in terms of material world and the spiritual world spiritual world is nothing but the spirit okay no body spirit in the material world only body and spirit both both put together so what happens is the sages when they have to take up a body look at it from that perspective they have to take up a body and the body is always existing in the panchabhutas that means we are taking elements from the material world and then they are going inside that as if they are entering inside that so though everything is in the consciousness realm but to get from the spirit to the consciousness for this for the uh, divine consciousness to enter into a spirit zone from a spirit zone into say the material world it's a process and in the process they lose what is called as the spirit consciousness the consciousness spirit that is there because you get embodied so you will find that when a, any person getting embodied he believes that the body is the one which they are having so let us say for example i take a bottle an empty bottle and i put it inside a bucket of water the water starts filling inside the bottle the moment it starts filling inside the bottle i cap it up can i remove the bottle out of the water yes i can remove so think about it now what is the water thinking about the bottle over there the bottle is actually containing the water so what we say as containment it is as if it is holding up that thing it's a trap so even when the sages attain this body for them also there is a trap anything that is trapped inside a body even if it is a divine sage which is realized being nitya siddha as we call them isn't it if there is a nitya siddha he also has to go through a process of maybe meeting his guru and getting an idea that he is not the body and that is the reason why you will find that nitya siddha sages that like say swami vivekananda or for that matter ramkrishna paramahansa or shankaracharya or any of these nitya siddha they had to meet their guru and the guru had to tell them that no you are not the body you are the divine consciousness and then only they came to the point of knowing that they are the divine consciousness so they still have to traverse the path of what we call as realization till that point nobody knows that so even if you are a born realized you still have to traverse a path for getting to that place jivan mukt are always 
in a continuous process in different 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 bodies they have arrived at a point where at that juncture they will get moksha or realization or whatever you want to call it all right so though everything exists in the same domain the bottle filled with water is inside the ocean still feels trapped there is a karmic debt associated with the body as well see remember this the body means it is like uh, when you go to the beach and you take a cycle on higher something like that okay now it may so happen that when you take any vehicle on higher you have to return it back that vehicle will have its own issue or no the brake is not working this is not functioning the seat is broken god no so many things are wrong with it so the karmic debt is that the body has its own issues so even if they take up like say for example sai baba took a body he the body will have its own issues isn't it and that is the reason why the karmic debt cannot be removed till a certain point the moment they are realized the entire karmic debt gets vanished that means it doesn't remain over there so that is the point where they can take off okay so now we will do the chapter greatness of the guru chapter 45 guru's feet my obeisance to sri ganesh to sri saraswati to sri guru maharaj to the family deity to sri sita ramchandra my most humble obeisance i bow in reverence to the most venerable guru sri sainath he who prompted the writing of his own life story as he quit casually set up the corn to grind corn thereby guiding his devotees on the path of righteousness oh how remarkable is this skill the guru is even more powerful than moksha which is the greatest of the four ultimate goals of human life and when the holy water tirth of the feet of such a guru is taken moksha come home comes home quite imperceptibly now this is a very important line which will tell you that we have four things to do in this material world hmm you uh, you know the rest you know you have to follow a life path you are supposed to earn money all those things hmm correct artha dharma ah, yes dharma artha kaam kaam moksha and all those the last one is called moksha that is liberation now liberation is called the ultimate because once you are liberated then you don't come back again on to this material plane but what happens is there must be something beyond moksha also isn't it now this is what was mentioned in the bhagavad gita where krishna says that beyond all this beyond what is requirement of the human beings for there is something which is far beyond that he describes it as love and devotion the love and devotion aspect of it where do you find it you find it in the second divine unmanifest first divine unmanifest is where moksha comes to the end that is where you can disconnect with this material world and you can get liberated you don't have to come anywhere you don't have to go anywhere it is like what buddha said you become a buddha and when you become a buddha you become nothing in his world it was nothing in our world we become brahma okay what is mentioned in this line is so beyond this there is something really very sweet what is that sweetness it is called the love and devotion of the divine 
so reaching the state of the divine unmanifest which is the second divine unmanifest there it is mentioned in the puranas that you enjoy a stay with krishna or with the divine consciousness or with father in heaven as it is mentioned in the bible too you stay over there and actually you have a manifest you manifest yourself over there as someone with whom the divine is in constant harmony so we say humans we take birth over there as gopis and for every gopi there is one krishna and the entire play of what we call as the rasa or ras leela happens in the second divine unmanifest in this line what is mentioned is beyond the moksha there is something which you can achieve at the feet of the guru that is which moksha which is the greatest of the four ultimate goals when the holy feet of the such a guru is taken moksha comes home quite imperceptibly if you recollect there is a line which we have done in that line it was mentioned that those who are with krishna even moksha is attainable he gives it as an additional perk chalo tumko ye bhi mil gaya chalo tumko wo bhi de diya something like that because if you are with the super boss naturally you get the keys for all the doors over there okay and you have a you have a credit card maybe not a platinum credit card maybe i don't know better than that is a which is a very big credit card doesn't end any time and you don't have to repay back also <laughs> something like that you get a super credit card <laughs> so it is like that so only when the guru bestows favor will the worldly life be happy things will happen which would never have happened normally in half a second he will take you to the shore beyond so in this what he says is bestowing favors what is the favor today morning we i was talking to padma i was telling most of the time you will find that most of the devotees of these sages and all that they are they are going through what is called as the misery pain suffering which is in double fast forward <laughs> it is it is super fast forward yes agony also so it is a fast forward thing and too many things are crammed into that tiny space and everything is happening at such a fast pace like before you can take a breath like this the second thing is already there and then the third thing is already there and the fourth and you are just racing against time so what is it that is happening is the body i if you remember has already come with what is called as the prarabdha karma these prarabdha karma are literally compressed into a very fine ball and they are getting pushed very fast out of your life you will find that even if you are in the worst of the circumstances maybe you know life and death situation or financial problems or problems in relationship or whatever you will find that you may think you know there is no nothing out of that place but suddenly tup, somewhere from somewhere the solution appears as if it's like magic and that is what he is talking about over here only when the guru bestows the favor will the worldly life be happy so this this could have compressed in this could have expanded into say in the normal world 
the pain is expanded into 20 years 30 years 40 years and here you are getting it done in two years time or one years time fast forward compression mode so what happens is imagine the 20 years uh, whatever trouble that you are supposed to get is going coming to you in one years or two years so you better have a very strong uh, you know um, body also and mind also to overcome that for which you are being held by your guru which you don't know that you know he is giving you all the support and he is also taking a little bit of whatever you are going through and he is pushing you out of that place so he is literally pushing you on the other side that is what he does so what he does he bestows favor which will be worldly life will be happy so you reach this point of happiness very soon things will happen which will never have happened things will happen which have never have happened normally and in half a second he will take you to the shore beyond i hope you got this line now though so much of this poti has been narrated yet the story has been told in a condensed form oh how much of sai's unfathomable glory glory can i narrate that divine figure of sai is lost whose darshan always brought great satisfaction whose company meant the enjoyment of great happiness as he liberated us from the fear of worldly life gone is the radiant form of sai that induced us to follow the spiritual path who turned us back <coughs> who turned us back from maya and delusions and brought us our greatest welfare and security lost indeed is that figure of sai because of whom there was no fear of worldly life but an awareness of the spiritual way of life prevailed and we developed a fortitude in the face of trouble this is what happens you develop fortitude you are able to overcome all the problems in the world they are in fast forward mode when they are very big problems absolutely huge ones the ones which should have taken like a chewing gum you know many years to go now suddenly very small so you need to have a very strong skin also no you are able to bear it because see imagine you know uh, if you are being told that you are an idiot for 20 years of your life it is better to get it done uh, you know 20,000 times in 2 years and finish it off once and for all isn't it so yeah you get a lot of endurance power you are an idiot 20,000 times multiplied so okay fine in 2 years I will hear all that thing out so this is what happens okay so we develop what is called as endurance or what we call as fortitude in the face of trouble. Leaving behind his own figure in his memory to meditate upon, Sai has gone to the eternal abode, ending his avatar of the earth. Truly inconceivable is the state of yoga. No sooner was the mission of the incarnation fulfilled than his mortal coil has disappeared from our sight. Yet his memory will be revived at every step in this book, which is literally embodiment of Baba. So everybody, every sage comes for a particular purpose. Once that mission is accomplished, then they go away. Besides, the concentration that the mind gains on listening to the stories, the peace born thereof is simply indescribable in words. All you listeners, you are wise and before you, I am of slight knowledge. But this is a sacrificial offering of speech to Sai, hence revere it gratefully. This sacrificial offering of words is beneficial and Sai, who knows his mission, is getting it done through me. The all-knowing listeners know this well. After making obeisance at Sai's feet, first he who listens to this auspicious and purifying tale with a concentrated mind. 
the devotee who being most eager to attain his own will listens to this nectar sweet tales with devotion and single minded concentration his cherished end will be accomplished by sai his worldly and the spiritual ends will be fulfilled in the end he will thus get fulfillment his service will never go waste at the end of 44 chapter when the story of sai's niryan has also been listened to towards the end yet the progress of this poti still continues this is a mystery one fails to understand in the previous chapter the account of sai's niryan has been completed in its proper order still sai's leela knows no rest even for a moment like the insect catin and if you go to see this is not really surprising for the niryan is only for the body while the sai is beyond birth and death and continues to dwell in the unmanifest as before the body has gone and so has the form but he still remains in the unmanifest just as he was everybody knows of his leela which continues even after abandoning the body and as for narrating them they are also unlimited in number but to avoid lengthening this book we will just take from them their essence and present it to the listeners blessed is our good fortune that at the same time that sai incarnated we too had the holy company easily and repeatedly but in spite of all this if we did not renounce the world worldly life if we did not nurture a love for god can there be a greater fall to have all the bodily organs filled with sai's devotion is the true sai worship or else the eyes may be gazing at sai's form but the speech fails as the mouth will not open this is when we surrender not only our body but all the senses towards the divine this is what we got to do surrender is not only of what we are inside which is what we call as the intellect the mind also the body with the senses and the sense organs all have to be surrendered at the feet of the divine this is what it means that means your eyes may be looking at sai baba but you are thinking about abhi ghar jaake ye karna hai wo karna hai what is the point so that is the reason why you may be listening to the story of baba and on the other side you are writing something down okay aaj ka aaj ka expense likh rahe hain okay today i spent so much money over there that means your mind is occupied in something else so where is the surrender there is no surrender your surrender is towards your uh, story book okay <laughs> something else you are writing so that is the reason why it is said that you have to be very very focused hmm. <coughs> where are we 18 19 hmm 19 is it the body has gone so has the form but he still remains in the unmanifest just as he was everyone knows of his leela which continues even after abandoning the body and as for narrating them these are limit unlimited in number but to avoid lengthening this book we'll just take them from their essence and present it to the listeners blessed is our good fortune that at the same time that sai incarnated we too had the holy company easily and repeatedly but in spite of all this if we did not renounce the worldly life if we did not nurture a love for god can there be a greater fall to have all the bodily organs filled with sai devotion is the true sai worship or else the eyes may be gazing at sai's form but the speech fails as the mouth will not open the ears may be listening to sai kirtan but the tongue is busy savoring the sweet mango juice and the hands may be touching say sai sacred feet but they may be finding the touch of a soft mattress just irresistible 
And this happens very much so. Okay, what happens when you go for yoga classes or you go for one of those, uh, you know, uh, meditation classes? You will find that maybe you have not brought your mat. And there are other mats lying over there. So you go and find the best cushion that is available, so that you can sit perfectly on that. And then you will take one additional cushion, so that you know when the fold of the leg is there, you can push it over there, so that you can get a better comfort. And suddenly you find that when you are doing like this, like this, like this, like you are trying to, you know how human beings are. No? We try to straighten ourselves out like that <laughs> over there. There the teacher is telling, now you take a deep breath. Where is the breath? You are actually trying to straighten yourself out over there. And this is what is a very common thing which happens. Alright? And that is the reason why we have to avoid. So there also, sit in a posture which is comfortable. Don't try to, you know, behave like, uh, okay, I'm going to now get more comfortable. Sit in a comfortable, put all your senses towards that divine. And just focus on that. That's it. <clears throat> can he become a true Sai devotee who can bear to be away from Sai even for a moment? Can he be considered as attached to Sai's feet who is not detached from worldly life? A woman will bow respectfully to anyone else coming her way other than her husband looking upon him as her father-in-law or brother-in-law or a brother. Such is the un- unswerving mind of a chaste, dutiful wife who never abandons her home but has boundless love for her husband, who is her only refuge, one refuge in her lifetime. Should we edit these lines? <laughs> in today's day and age, these lines have very little value because how many we'll have to write dutiful wives <laughs> or husbands? But you know, today's day and age is like that. I mean, just two days ago, I was reading an article where it said that more than 52% of the uh, women in the world, men and women in the world, have undergone divorce. Okay? They have split up, they have married again or they have not married again. So that much amount, 52%. Then, what these people missed out is that anywhere between 10 to 15% of the people are separated permanently. So, so that adds up to nearly two-third of the world's population is like that. So, one-third of the world's population is staying with one person till the end of their life. One-third. Now, one-third of the world's population is staying. What has happened is most of the time, the person... Uh, there was one small skit which was presented and in that particular uh, yeah in that particular skit what happened was this person says the husband and the wife are talking to each other and the husband says um, uh, you know I was doing this in this year we were doing that so the wife says I have heard this 10,000 times so he says then he says something else I have heard that so many times then he says, says something else he says, I have heard this many times. So, you know, all the stories of each other you have heard many thousands of times. Okay? Okay. Now, there is nothing new that is happening in the life. So, what are you going to talk? So, you say, you shut up and I shut up. You go to your place, I go to my place. So, after that, what is this? You know, you are there in that house for no rhyme or reason. You have heard each other's stories. There is nothing to talk about. So, then what is there to talk about? So, this was a small skit which was presented by one of the comedians and that was included in this article which was very funny because this is the truth. 
67% of the people in this world are separated or divorced. 33% of the world's population is only married in which they found that only 10% literally say yes I love you each other. <laughs> Balance still the same thing. So whether this line is applicable it is very much applicable only for those 10% maybe. What happens to the rest of the 90% doesn't apply at all. So today the age is completely different. It is not during Sai Baba's time that maybe the social uh, status during that point in time where uh, the man and the woman were literally staying with each other. Okay, there was one more strange thing which was mentioned in the same article. It said that 10% of the people, they get into a marriage which is uh, arranged marriage. Now, arranged marriage means for the first 10 years of your marriage, you are trying to find out what the other person is all about. And then once you try to find out in the first 10 years of your marriage, the next 25 years you try to exchange each other, each other's stories. So you get that additional 10 years. Buy one, get one free case, as I additional 10 years. So <laughs> those who want to get married, please go for what is called arranged marriage maybe. <laughs> so first 10 years you are trying to think about it. So it's a joke. So just... <laughs> Such a serious virtuous saintly wife never imagines anyone else as a husband or thinks of taking his darshan. My God. To her, her own husband is the one and only one with whom no one else can be compared. Yes, all everybody says, Hey Ram. <laughs> anyway, it's a holy book. So we have to go by what they are saying. Maybe we in the next edited version, we will come across some separate lines over here. We can incorporate them. Hmm. To her, her own husband is the one and the only one with whom no one else can be compared. For him alone is her steadfast love. And so also is the love a disciple feels for his guru. Okay, we can keep the last line. <laughs> a disciple's love for his guru is compared to the steadfast love of a chaste wife for her husband. Incidentally, there was a question asked uh, to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, what is the highest kind of love that is there? So naturally, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, can we ask the people around over here? And they asked each and every other person around. So somebody said that, you know, the love for a brother and sister is the greatest. Somebody said it is, uh, you know, siblings. Somebody said it is mother and father, you know, when we have our love for mother and father. Somebody said, yes, children. Somebody said, you know, all different, different kinds. Friends, between two friends. Between two friends, the love is great. And it went on and on and on for quite some time. And uh, Chaitanya is uh, saying, <laughs> no, 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 no. So finally everybody said, then, then what is the true love that we are talking about? Because if it is, even if you are cutting out the love between a husband and wife as not there, then what is the highest love? So then he said, the love between Radha and Krishna. So the question was, what do you mean by Radha and Krishna, love for Radha and Krishna? Radha was already married to Ayan or he is also called Abhimanyu by in some other places. So he was, she was already married to Ayan and yet she used to meet Krishna. So you say, what, girlfriend, boyfriend, something like that, that is all extramarital affair. No, here the thing was, it was unconditional love. There are no conditions attached to it. 
and the story where Radha says, I find Krishna in everything. Krishna is a supreme divine consciousness and there are no conditions. Conditions like I have a husband, I have a children, I have these, I have that. No, there is nothing like that. The supreme divine consciousness, when you love the supreme divine consciousness unconditionally, there are no conditions attached. Even if you are given two tight slaps, even if you are thrown out on the roadside, even if Krishna leaves you after four years of being with you and says, now you have to stay in Vrindavan, I am going to go. Even after that, can you still feel the same love and the, the, can the love keep on growing forever and ever and ever? That only Radha can have. And that is the reason why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that the love between Radha and Krishna was the highest because it was unconditional love. And that is what the love we are talking about. The love between a guru and a shishya or you know, the devotee is the highest. There are no conditions attached. Okay, how many lakhs of rupees have you brought? Okay, chalo, peti lo, panch lakh to thoda sa. Das lakh, double love. Fifty lakhs, maybe ten times that. <laughs> that is tol mol ka bol. So there is nothing like that. There is nothing like, you know, okay, fine, you have brought me this from when you gone abroad. Acha, kaha se, kya kapde leke aaye, kya leke aaye. That is also not called love. That is only material worldly things. So you will find that this love is unconditional. There is no give and take. There is nothing like you offer, you nothing, even if you offer a leaf, you know, like it is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita, a leaf or a tiny flower also is more than enough. So this is unconditional love. A disciple's love for the Guru is compared to the steadfast love of a chaste wife for a husband. But the disciple's love towards the Guru has no limits. No limits, unconditional love. Only the true disciple knows his greatness. Only a true disciple who is also called a devotee. There is a difference between a disciple and a devotee. A disciple is somebody who follows the Guru. But maybe sitting maybe 100 feet away, doesn't have much interaction. A devotee is a devoted person. He is always surrendered to the feet of the Guru. Such a type of a person is called a devotee. And then those who are of no help even in the worldly life, of what help can they be in the spiritual life? Be it the father-in-law of a son or a daughter or a son-in-law or even one's own wife, you can be sure of none. This is what is the fact of life. So all those lines which we read earlier, this line has more validity. Mother, father will shower love and affection. One's own son will have an eye on the wealth. The wife will shed tears for her husband's long life. But there is no companion in spiritual life. In spiritual life, please note, there are no companions. You cannot have an additional companion with you. Acha, tum bhi, tu bhi dost, mai bhi dost, tam log chale. No, nothing like that. There are no dost over there. Your dost is only one. That is your guru. Okay. So what happens? The devotee or the disciple who has completely surrendered to the guru, there is nobody additional in their spiritual world. There are no brother, mother, father, sister, nobody is there. You are alone. One person to that one. That's it. If one concludes on careful thought as to whom they, who they remain, who can help attain spiritual progress, the answer that remains in the end is you yourself. So only one. Remember, there is no additional person there. Okay? And there you are better. You better be selfish. Because we are talking about realization. It's self-realization, not group realization. 
okay this is not a group therapy it is self therapy for the self only one person at a time they have made the gate so small now only one person can enter from there two people are not allowed to enter <laughs> so you yourself blessed is he who discriminating between the transient and the eternal gives up the desire for the fruit in this world and the next and practices the six basic disciples disciplines of samadhama etc finally attains moksha giving up dependence on another he who keeps a firm confidence in himself and girds himself for the effort he alone will attain moksha that means you have to put self effort your self effort is required there is no um, you cannot uh, so outsource it no outsourcing allowed this is not it industry okay so you have to put your own effort everything you only have to do <laughs> padma is writing something i think <laughs> so no outsourcing only single one person yes self reliance all right to attain moksha no help required from anywhere you alone are required to handle it and with your guru's guidance you will be able to attain it brahma is eternal the world is transient guru is the only true brahma abandon the transient for guru alone is worthy of being meditated upon such a constant feeling is the only means of spiritual progress and this is what you always have to keep in mind to have spiritual progress the guru's the guru is very very important in your life because to reach on the other side other shore is extremely important by abandoning the transient detachment is generated transient everything that in this world is transient isn't it it comes it goes it comes it goes like our life also it comes and it goes the same thing you know happiness will come happiness will go away you know problems will come problems will go away everything comes and goes no relationship is eternal in this world nothing so there are no eternal relationships like this husband wife mother father brother sister there is nothing like that the only relationship that is single which is permanent when you are latched on to your guru in your next life also if you have left it incomplete in the next life you will meet him again on the way okay and then he is going to catch you again and then he is going to again no bhi do bhi pachad you know do bhi pachad no ding <laughs> it all starts from there all right so the universal consciousness of the brahma fills the sadguru and the presence of god is felt in all the living creatures this is called the worship of non duality know that whether out of fear or love whoever meditates constantly upon whatever object that meditator will become one with that object this is thing we have learnt it in so many books even out of fear if you are meditating on the object you will become one with that object see the examples as it happened in the case of kamsa kamsa was constantly you remember the time when the children were born and he was worried about it so he he tried to kill all the children but krishna escaped and he was constantly worrying about that same thing so finally when he comes to know he sends akrura across and saying that please can you call my nephew over and then what happens so he was constantly devoted to him in fear ravan and the insects that became krishna ram and the black bee respectively you remember the last one okay is that kitaka he keeps on watching that insect outside you know and he becomes that 
and that is the last guru of my guru all right you get transformed into that particular creature there should be the single mindedness in the meditation then there is no other means like meditation he who does the sadhana on his own will uplift himself at once what does this meditation mean meditation means just looking at the at if you if you if you see you know ram krishna paramahansa would keep on looking at the mother's face ma kali ma's face just like that and the tears were streaming down his eyes and he was completely lost in that so it's the same thing it's called single minded meditation one pointed then how can there be birth death here the consciousness of the body is completely forgotten the awareness of the worldly life disappears and only the bliss of self absorption is experienced hence go on repeating the name of your guru <coughs> for from it is born the highest bliss and god is said seen in all the living beings what can be greater significance of naam other than this naam see if you go to a uh, go to a sage or go, go to a particular guru he gives you a particular naam it's a, for the purpose of repeating it n number of times okay it is called purascharana you have to complete that many number of crores of times by saying those particular names so this is called naam japa so they may say om namo shivaya or om namo bhagavate vasudevaya one of the mantra one of the names will be given even if you see that there is that um, 1001 names of the divine there are so many of them you know lakshmi is there and vishnu is there so many so vishnu sahasra naam you must have heard of that in the same way so this is the naam what is the naam only if you say the name of your guru a thousand times maybe you know something like that it's like a japa it keeps on happening continuously so you become one with him my sincere obeisance to those whose name has such greatness and power i surrender to him single mindedly with my heart speech and action i shall now narrate to the listeners a relevant story in this context <clears throat> so for your own benefit listen to it with concentration everyone knows that the late kaka dikshit used to read eknath bhagavat eknathi that is written by sant eknath maharaj okay a commentary on the 11th canto of the bhagavat bhagavat we are doing saturday sundays so that is the book the 11th canto of it eknath maharaj had written a book called eknathi bhagavat okay is in marathi every day by the command of sai samarth one day after the meal was over Dikshit read the poti as it was his daily practice at Kakad Mahajani's residence at Kachopati in Mumbai. As the listeners heard the most remarkable and the interesting second chapter of the Eknathi Bhagavat, their hearts were filled with peace and happiness. Kaka Mahajani, along with Baba's devotee Mahadevrao, sat listening with great concentration. Fortunately, the story too turned out to be fine and very sweet. so as to satisfy the fond desire of the listeners and create in them a love for god worship and the sweet tale which had come for the narration is also pleasing and instructive one of the nine illustrious brothers that is hari antariksh etc who have enhanced the glory of the rishab family incidentally if you know the stories are there continuously just now we are doing one story okay right so that story is there before that we did one more story before that we did one more. like there are so many stories this particular bhagavat puran is a combination of multiple stories which are there of 
Krishna in his various incarnations. There are major incarnations and there are minor incarnations. Today we are doing in tomorrow's satsang, we are doing a one of the minor incarnations of his. If you recollect. Okay. So this also, these are actually minor incarnations which we are going to do uh, in this particular one which is of the Rishabh family. All the nine of them were manifestations of God who had in them boundless peace and forgiveness. Listening to the power and the glory of the Bhagavad Dharma, King Janak became silent with wonderment. What is one's greatest will? What is the highest devotion to God? How can Hari's Maya be crossed over easily? So all these questions were there even in this particular portion which we will be doing in the future sometime. So what is the answer? It is the Guru's feet which are the most beneficial. The answer to all the three. What is the highest wheel? What is the highest kind of attainment that you can ever have? What is the highest devotion to God? How do you reach have the highest devotion to God? How can you cross over Maya? Material worldly Maya is there, isn't it? What kind of Maya is there? Think about it. Think about the times when you know you are constantly worrying about Think about it, think about it. A million and one questions were there. Today when you are there, what has happened? Those questions may be there. But are they irritating you? No. Because today you know, you don't have to bother about where tomorrow's food is going to come from. It comes automatically. Please understand this. Today you are not having anxiety neurosis. Okay? (laughs) There is no anxiety there. Okay? There is no worry tomorrow. Tomorrow you may have to pay. Tomorrow in the sense, you know, your son is getting into school or college or something like that. You require, oh my God, I got to give donation of 50 lakh of rupees for this. Okay, fine. Maybe not 50 lakh. Maybe 5 lakhs or 10 lakhs. Why are you worried? After you come into this path, Meeting your Guru, these worries have no value. Don't you see? Otherwise, a few years back, you would have been sitting worried over here, your hair might have you know, become white or might have become bald also for all you know. You don't even know. And then you are keeping on worrying in a whole night, what is going to happen, what is going to happen, what is going to happen. Or somebody is sick or somebody is tired, something is happening. We are so much worried about things. That is not there. And that is the reason why it is said that it is very beneficial. The essence of action, inaction and wrong action is only one. Action, inaction and wrong action. Three things. This chapter is very important. I am going to go very slow. And there are a couple of more chapters after this also. Which the glo- go- will be going at a very very slow pace. So don't think that I am going to finish it off and go away. No. This chapter is very very important. What is action? What is inaction? And what is wrong action? Three things are very, very important. Action that we keep on doing, you know, continuously. We are doing so many actions, so many karmas keep on happening on a day-to-day basis. Inaction? Nahi Baba, main nahi karne wala hoon. Achha, nahi karega, kyun? Main karega to problem mein aajayega. Problem mein aajayega. Aray, nahi karega to bhi problem mein aajayega. Inaction is just sitting in one place tightly, okay, and saying, you know, okay, okay, God is there, He will do it for me. God doesn't even want to lift your finger, okay? 
God doesn't do. If you want to put on the switch, you only have to go and put on the switch. Otherwise, you will have to keep on looking at the switch. Bole, abhi on hoega, abhi on hoega. God will come and put it on. No God is going to come and put on the switch for you. You only have to get up from your place and tuck, you put it on. Okay. <laughs> so one is called action, putting on the switch. One is called inaction. You are just sitting in your place and saying, God, somebody will come and put on the switch. That somebody never turns up. That is inaction. You are just sitting there doing nothing. Inertia, okay, inertia they call it. Procrastination, that is called inaction. And the third one is called wrong action. Everything in this material world is governed by the laws, isn't it? Some things are the right action, some things are the wrong action. What is the wrong action? The wrong action is you can see things going wrong and yet you are not doing anything about it. That is a wrong action. Suppose somebody is beating somebody else due to no fault of theirs and you are just watching and yet you are not doing anything. That is wrong action. You have actually it's an inaction but it is actually a wrong action. You should do something about it. Maybe. You know. So there are three kinds of things that can happen. One is action. As a casual thing you keep on doing. Second one is inaction. The third one is wrong action. Abhi switch ke baare mein hi bola na. To switch ke baare mein bata tha. Wrong action. Tick, 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 tick. You know as children what do we do? We keep on playing with the switch. And suddenly zrrrk. One big shock will come from there. And then of course that is a wrong action. Why are you playing with the switch? Alright. So, <laughs> so these are three things. Simple example switch. So it's like that. So that the Guru is a manifestation of God and the worship of the Guru is Bhagavad Dharma. Just now we are doing Nath Bhagavad. So Bhagavad Dharma. What is the Bhagavad Dharma? So he is saying that the Guru is the manifestation of God and the worship of the Guru is Bhagavad Dharma. Drumilnath had narrated the life of Sri Vishnu. Describing the special qualities of each of his incarnations. He has also narrated how to recognize the Purushavatar. Describing the incarnations as Narayana. This is a sage. Okay, we are talking about a sage. Hmm? Later, Chamasna described for Janak. The plight of those who do not worship. Showing how destruction follows those who fail to perform the karmas prescribed by the Vedas. All these examples are there. They are just confirmation of the Bhagavad Dharma. Okay? It is like these are taken from different different places. The Janak story is not a part of this. Janak story is different. So don't mix it up over here. What is what they are giving is different different examples. First one is Drumilnath. Okay? He is talking about the life of Vishnu. And that he knew about the Purushavata. So now we will come later on. God dwells in the heart of all. Hence, one should not hate anyone, but should see God in everybody. For not an inch of space is without Him. God dwells in the heart. If you remember, we have been talking about this all our, all the satsangs we keep on saying, the God's main domain is the heart. That is the exact place where the Vishnu's door is there, you know, in the door, doorway. To the heaven is there. Forget about this story. If you go to any other place, 
even if you go and listen to the bible there also they say the same thing the doorway to god's heaven is through your heart alone nowhere else to the father's heaven you know the father lives it is through the heart alone and heart is full of love you need to have your heart full of love then only you can open that door the key for that door is full is love okay in the end karbajan the ninth brother so we are again coming back to these brothers concluded by saying which idol should be worshiped and meditated upon in each yuga like krita treta etc so in every yuga there is something that we need to worship because see we need to worship it for the purpose of attaining moksha and going beyond also so the last brother is talking about that karbajan is the name of the brother so now we are coming to kaliyuga in the kaliyuga the only means is to remember hari and guru okay that alone will destroy the fear of worldly life the feet of hari and guru are the only refuge to protect the supplicant seeking seeking protection so surrendering at the feet of god and guru is the only way of reaching that particular place there is no other place so now let us go back in time few years backwards think about it the entire vari you will find that whether it is tukaram or whether it is eknath whether it is all these people these were the sages and everybody had surrendered at their feet let us go back still further mirabai kabir can you remember all these things these are sages only we have surrendered at the feet of the sages which they were gurus themselves now we come to the 19th century in the early 19th century you will find sai baba again then you have ramkrishna paramahansa we have ramanna maharishi how many people are following them the entire you know so many people are actually surrendered at the feet of these gurus so today's yuga which is called the kali yuga the kali yugas main source of getting out of this material worldly life is to surrender at the feet of the guru so when the poti has proceeded so far kaka sahib exclaimed how wonderful are the doings of this navnath nine brothers that is there their attitude of mind is really inconceivable he then said fondly to madhura really how very difficult for such a devotion fools that we are oh how shall we have such power this will not come about during all our several births oh where these most powerful nats and where we the born sinners if such devotion is at all easy blessed are they indeed who are truth and knowledge incarnate now in the last line there is a mention about sinning okay girish ghosh he goes in front of ram krishna paramahansa and he says do you think a person like me will be able to reach moksha or state of realization and ram krishna paramahansa looks at him and smiles at him and says yes of course my son you will be able to cross over to the this entire life so he says but i am the greatest sinner on this planet earth i have done all the wrong things in the world 
At that time, Ramakrishna Paramahansa says to him, Don't say the word sinner. There is nothing like sin in this world. Okay? Sin. The moment you say, I am the sinner, I am the sinner, I am the sinner, you become a sinner. Remember the previous line? What is the line saying? That Kida keeps on watching. Becomes that. Right? Kamsa and Ravana with fear they merge into the feet of the Lord so whatever you think of is what you will be so if you think I am afraid I am afraid I am afraid you will be afraid you see they, they say you know in, uh, in psychology they say you know every day in every which way something something okay <laughs> so even if you see, there is a great phrase of Julius Caesar in which he says, he tells his army people, he says, say these words, I can, I will, I conquer. These are the three words that he says. I can, I will, I conquer. Keep on saying this all the time. So you can. Anything in this world is possible. I can. I will. Everything in this world it is, I can will, I can will it, whatever. I will be able to do it. You cannot say, I cannot, I don't know how to do this. All these negatives that you give in this world, they should never be given. I conquer. I am the one who is the winner. I can conquer anything in this world. Whether it is fear or what, whatever, whatever the thing it is, you know. Don't be afraid of anything. You can overcome all these things. Yes, uh, Padma has also written, I think, therefore I am. Okay. So, I can, I will, I conquer was a very important phrase which was there used even during the world war. Same phrase was used. Who? This, the reason why this is given is so that you can get out of your problems. So, never call yourself a sinner. I am a sinner, I am a sinner, I am a sinner. I have done all the wrong things in the world. Don't say these things. Stop that thing. Stop that process. I am not able to do this. Stop this process. Give yourself that thing in the world. I can do anything in this world. I will do. I will succeed. I am able to do anything. This is what you got to give. And the word self-realization. Self. Me. I, me, myself. I can. Right? I will. Right? I conquer. I can understand myself. Realization. I know myself. I know. That is it. Realization. No, I know. That is the word. I know myself. What is there to fear in this world? There is nothing to fear in this world. What is going to happen maximum? Nothing. Kuch bhi nahi hoga. Mar jayege. Sabse... सबसे बड़ा पहाड़ टूटेगा मतलब मर जाओगे और उससे ज्यादा कुछ नहीं हो सकता पैर टूटेगा ये होगा वो होगा फिर भी आई मीन नेचुरली पैर टूटा तो लंगड़े हो जाओगे बट यू कैन स्टिल लिव सी फियर इज अ बिग फैक्टर व्हिच एवरीबॉडी हैज अ प्रॉब्लम विद ऑलराइट सो शुड वी स्टॉप ओवर हियर आई थिंक वी कैन वी कैन स्टॉप ओवर हियर एंड दो इट्स हाफ वे थ्रू ओनली एंड वी विल कंटिन्यू फ्रॉम 61 टुमारो ओके See, going slow means what? 
you need to understand certain things in this it's very very important you have to know the things it's very important to understand how why in our material world we are constantly being given negatives and negatives there is a neva sakta to aise ye ganda hai falana hai dikhna hai all these things you know all the bad things we are given in this world stop that stop it right there give yourself that credit i can do this this is it's not impossible not impossible stop not impossible say it is possible don't give the negatives anywhere give the positives this is what even the sages are also talking about kuch bhi kar sakte ho is duniya mein okay and that is where we have to head out